Good morning, my freak nasties. Take your clothes off and open your eyes. It's a beautiful day. This is We Are Live. See how that rhymed? Like one of those rappers. Mm. Mm. Keep waving. There you go. It's a good wave. I want to drink my coffee now. Take a sip. Okay, I'm going to do that, but I'm going to have to put my hand down from waving. That's fine. Okay. I'm going to. Okay. There we go. Hello. Mm-hmm. How's your morning? Oh, just a little coffee. Oh, I like it how I like my women. With their mouth shut. Doesn't make any sense. <sighs> Start the damn show, Denman. When do you deploy? That's that's good. That's a good one. Damn it. <laughs> Maybe this comedy by osmosis thing is actually coming true for you. It's Chris Simmons, Travis Terrell. So we are live. Good morning. Happy Monday, everybody. Excited to be here. If you haven't yet, hit share on the Facebook stream. <laughs> kind of annoyed with you that you haven't yet. Uh, excited to be here. We all had very busy weekends. Plenty to get to, to talk about live from the Midcoast studio. But uh, let's say hello formally to Aunt Crystal, the stream queen, Chris Gardner. Good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Hey, Dad. Good morning, Walnut. Put it up. Put it up, Chris. It's Monday. You got to put it up. There you go. And happy Cocktoberfest Eve. The leaves are changing. Mm -hmm. The wind is a blowing. Mm -hmm. The cockness Mm -hmm. is en route. Going to get cocky. Gonna get very cocky, Chris. Are you excited? Big month coming up for your people and yeah. your culture. Uh, I uh, I met the patron saint of Cocktoberfest uh, last night. Oh yes. I don't know if we want to get right into it, but uh, yeah, I'm feeling cocky. See now, I'm ready to have a debate on that because I am ready to argue that the individual that I believe you have in mind belongs to my community, mm. but. If, if that's how you want to start the show, let's get it on. Shall we? Please. Let's go, baby. Boys and girls, we are live's finest co-host, Chris Denman. Spent time with music legend, Grammy Award winner, and Ferguson's finest, Michael McDonald last night. Hey, what's up, Mike? Look, you could be related to him. Hi, Look, he could be your... Good flow. How are gonna... you doing, Chris? I ain't gonna lie. Does Larry Dog... Have any questions about mm. who his oldest son is? Taking it to the Farmington streets. <laughs> you, you look oddly alike. What the hell is that all about? Michael McDonald, of course, performing Great flow. at mm-hmm. uh, the Two Hill at the University of Missouri-St. Louis last night in St. Louis uh, for a lovely charity benefit. What's the charity benefit? Uh, Night for Life. Well, you just read that off <laughs> my shirt. <laughs> well, I'm sorry that I was right, but it was a fine evening where it was a tribute to Michael McDonald and his contributions, of course, to music and to the greater St. Louis metro area. Had some outstanding tribute videos to Michael McDonald during the about a 90-minute concert. Videos from Patti LaBelle, Shaka Khan. Christopher Cross. This is a Q&A beforehand. Tim Azell hosted that. Uh, it's Brian Owens, friend of the show. 
and uh, Michael McDonald. It was really cool. It was a really neat event. It had even a tribute video, Gardner, from the great Pat Riley. What? Pat Riley sent in a tribute video to Michael McDonald. Michael McDonald, I believe, had performed, I think, either at an anniversary dinner for really? Pat Riley and his wife. And they sent a very nice tribute letter. The great Jeff Bridges also what? sent in a tribute video as well during the ceremony last night. So it was a really, really cool event. Of course, uh, some of his bandmates from the Doobie Brothers sent in also. Mm -hmm. Had a nice video also from Kenny Loggins. The oh. great Kenny Loggins. It was. <laughs> he had a very cool story about him, how him and Michael first met and how they started collaborating on music. And of course. The Kenny Loggins, the one from Archer? <laughs> yes. That one? Yes. Wow. The great Kenny Loggins. And then of course, our now brother, Brian Owens. It was my first time watching Brian perform. Mm -hmm. And let me just say, the man's a star. So it was a great night of celebrating, of course, some of the, the youth in the Ferguson area, celebrating the community as a whole. Uh, Michael McDonald taking the time to come home to celebrate as well. And was, was T-Pain there? T-Pain, unfortunately, could not make the event. I interviewed uh, Michael McDonald uh, for, did, were, for Brian Owens. Were you afraid to bring Soul it up? Ferguson. I did bring it up, and we discussed it, and I've got audio that we can, uh, we can share. He laughed. He was like, what, what happened there? <laughs> he goes, I was, what, what was that? And I was like, yeah, that's, that's sore subject here. <laughs> I, I, and I think the fun part about the evening for me, and it was really the performances, because Kennedy Holmes, of course, who was a finalist on the last season of The Voice, uh, what a, by the way, a tremendous, tremendous talent. She, I interviewed her is. as well, and she's 14, and she looked me in the eye and, like, was super confident and uh, stood up straight. And, like, yeah, I joked, and I was like, NBC, uh, they really got you media ready, huh? <laughs> and she was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> she was like, they put me through the ringer. And I was just like, this is... I this is uh, I'm really weirded out right now. Yeah. And, and I'm like, not like used to this. You are. Ex she was just so great. She's yeah. uh, she's still 14, 14, 15? She's fourteen. Yeah. She 14 has she has a stage presence of an R and B singer that's been doing it for twenty years. I, like it was inc <laughs> it was so impressive. I watched her in rehearsal. And I was just like, I need to leave. The it, room. It, it was so natural. It was it was like uh, the people around us like they were and we were surrounded by a lot of the children who were a, a part of Brian's organization. Mm -hmm. And so they were huge fans of Kennedy. They're very excited. And that means the world. We talk a lot about representation. Mm -hmm. To have Kennedy home, to be from your area, and to perform as well as she did on national television, and then to come home and for children to see her. Uh, and they, she they were they, to the streets. She took it to the streets. It was, a, it was a fun night. And Michael McDonald, like, you know when you're a legend, when as soon as the first key to a song hits, and black women lose their mind. You know, that's the definition of a legend. If you, if you can be immediately identified by a key of your song, and black women over the age of 40 lose their mind, you are technically a legend. Because every time, every time a song of his came on, uh, when that dropped, man, look, it was a very family-oriented, wholesome, but there were some ladies who hey, kind of went back, easy. and they were like, my draw. I can't. So I'm with my husband and my grandma's here, so I'm gonna keep my drawers in my pocket. So there was no one time. like, um, what was the actor that was on stage where the lady, uh, she had uh, taken the time to help herself. Mm. 
Remember? Yes. I do. Yes. Who was story. watching? Um, Mr. Tom Hiddleston okay. at, a, at a Broadway play in New so York. We avoided that at least. Yes. Hmm. For for what we are aware of, but Michael McDonald uh, still has that fastball. Still has it. He does oh my it. Gosh. He does it. It's. Wait, it's wait till you see the amazing. interview, which was filmed for uh, Soul Ferguson and uh, Brian Owen's uh, Life for Tink and all that good stuff. And sh- big shout out to our friend Nathan Kilberg for uh, just being a killer audio engineer. But sitting there talking to him and just hearing why he cares about the area still, like he hasn't lived in Ferguson or St. Louis in many, many years. Mm-hmm. And uh, just the importance of him feeling like he needed to support and just everything that he did, he was just so... And with it, so aware of his place and very humble. The guy's got five Grammys. Uh, he's song of the year. Uh, We're not talking like people he's worked with, man. Like alongside. I mean, like think about how many times him and Mick Jagger have been in the same room. Or, you know what I mean? They just he was part of the Doobie Brothers, man. Like and he, and he had people and like his own stuff. And he had like again, you had people like Patti LaBelle. She mentioned the videos. Yeah. Like, I, if I had to do a duet. And I don't know too many duets. I was like, the only person I'm doing it with is Michael McDonald. That's crazy. Like, so when you have someone, <laughs> Patty well, LaBelle and Shaka Khan say, nah, Michael McDonald, the truth. These are some of the, the most brilliant voices of any generation. And, and that just goes to show you, not only is he an amazing performer, but I think he's one of the most underri- uh, underrated songwriters uh, of that generation. So, I mean... It was such a fun event. Uh, congratulations to everyone that was involved. It, it took an entire village to make that all happen. And it came off, again, from uh, from an audience member. I know Chris and a lot of others here inside of Midcoast were doing a lot of inside ball game. But from the person from the outside, like I was, who just was just enjoying the night, I thought it was just a brilliant evening and, and a ton of fun. But to, to the point of the debate... We talk about Michael McDonald mm-hmm. and, of course, his impact on soul music, R&B music. Now there becomes a question, especially since we're on the eve of Cocktoberfest. Mm-hmm. Michael McDonald, race draft. Where is he going? I don't know the whole lyrics, but uh, I have a, a, a saying or a song from Michael McDonald that would apply to you in this situation. and. What a fool believe. <laughs> I knew he was Listen, going sir. there. I knew he oh, was going there. How dare you? What a How dare you? No, he's ours. He's, yeah. Uh, same, yeah. I don't know. You're trying to. I don't know. You're yeah, trying to, to take that Ferguson cred. I, I think that, that, guy, that North went, County is huge. North County. I'm that from North County. He yes, to, and you are technically part of our community. Well, no. You, what do you smoke? No. What, what do you smoke? What? Newport. Ah, so I'm but sorry. I'm conflicted because I'm also part of White Flight. Because then I moved to St. Charles County. But where are you now? You're back in the city. Yes. There's n- it makes no sense. Because <sighs> according to my records, and I check the race records every morning. Thank you. You are a part of the black community. I'm sorry. So I, I, I think that I'm willing. We're willing to maybe make certain trades to assure that Michael McDonald remains or should belong in the black community. Remains, yeah, I don't think. I, I, there were too many black women screaming Michael McDonald's name last night for him not to be in our community. Who, who does, does black women love Ed Sheeran? Younger black women do, don't mind Do you Ed claim Sheeran. Ed Sheeran? I think Ed Sheeran is not in the black community, but I wouldn't necessarily put him in the white community hmm. either. 
I think he's a free agent. Was it purgatory? Yeah, he's just out there. He's a free agent. He's Race like a, purgatory. He's like Antonio Brown right now. Okay. We're gonna do a little bit more. Oh, he's yours. It, uh, damn it. Okay. Here, how about this? We will. We will give back Eminem and Donald Trump if we get to keep Michael McDonald. I guess it depends on who you're talking to. I think I think he's in our community. Well, we'll ask. You should have. Did, you, did have, you ask him? You should ask him. You have him on speed dial now. Ask him. We are close personal friends at this point. His mentee is Brian Owens. I'm just saying. Hmm. Pat Riley, Pat Riley, who made that argument? You made that argument early this year about Pat Riley. I asked how many, name a white man who has taken more black people to the promised land, and you said who? You I said Pat Steve Riley. Kerr. Chris Rock has a bit on Pat Riley. I think it's Pat Riley. I say, yeah, I think if you have a relationship with Pat Riley vis-a-vis, Pat Riley's in the black community. So What if Michael McDonald would have been on that on that yacht with Dwayne Wade and Pat Riley dancing. I think they may have been. <laughs> I think they may have been. The way Pat Riley talked about it in the tribute video, um, they, they have a pretty close friendship, it looks like. So I would not have been surprised if he was on that yacht. I think you're assuming that white people can't have soul. I think I think history has illustrated that that is it a lane that well, is occupied by a lot month of... Next we can illustrate how wrong you are. Okay. Now, I think the argument that you may went on is, of course, he we is. We have to deep. have a poll question. It is. He's the captain of Yacht Rock. And so I think that also is what maybe b- strengthens your argument. Yeah. Most But I think does. that definitely belongs. I think that may be something that we have to give to Schaefer because I want a complete. I want to get all the demographics for this particular poll. What community. Uh, it's funny when you decide to dig into something. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm very passionate about this, Chris. <laughs> I, yeah. I can't forget about love anymore. It was so damn good. Michael McDonald still got it. He got the fastball, man. Yeah, he, he got does. the fastball. He certainly does. Like, you can't, like, when, he, when you hear that voice, when you hear that voice, you can't help but go, hey, man, this is going to be a good-ass time. Uh-huh. He could, man, he could, he could. Sing that that brother can sing. Oh, so, don't say brother. That's what, <laughs> don't try that. There were two, and then he was taking it to church. He was taking it to church a couple times, Chris. And y'all know y'all don't do the organs in church like we do. The or, and Michael McDonald, the way he was playing, he was playing like he was in a black church. I I I am at. I will make this will be my argument for Cocktoberfest. I would I would ask him, Michael, have you thought about? You know, mortality at all, and what your funeral might look like. <laughs> How long would it be? It's gonna ooh, mm. it's, it's gonna be a plus, and that could maybe <laughs> define. What if he says like two hours? Then we're, gonna... then, then we're both like, oh, that doesn't help any of us. <laughs> <laughs> That's a four-hour funeral. That's a four-hour. There's no doubt in my mind. There are too many people in the black community that will show up to uh, again. Patty Labelle. I, Patty Labelle showing up. That's a that's a good thirty-minute song. Shaka Khan is going to give you about 20 minutes. That's a good point. You're going to uh, get. No, your, I might have to concede this point. The, the, you're going to get. That's going to be an extensive funeral. But he's actually what? He's white. Like, yeah, but not. Look at that photo again. Look at that photo again. Does he really? Look, look at that. He cool looking, trimmed up beard, possibly fathering a child out of wedlock. That's We're a, a music nice record shop t shirt. Oh, he really? is so cool. Are you, you know what? I ain't going to even lie. You know what you should do? 
you should really tell people, like, don't even tell them that it's Michael McDonald. Be like, oh, it's just here, me and my dad, and see if anybody goes, bro, that's, that's Michael McDonald. Mm. Michael McDonald's your dad? And people go, they're going to look at you and go, oh, my God. Mm. You're, you're Michael McDonald's son. Sorry, Larry Dog. I'm not. I love Larry Dog. He knows I love him, but mm. I'm just saying. JPD is a beautiful lady. She likes going to concerts. She probably was like, hey, I can't, I can't. Chris's, Chris's lips just keep getting tighter and tighter. And, cherry. and he just is making that sound, and that's it. As you were talking for like the last 60 seconds, mm-hmm. I've been watching this. Mm-hmm. He's got nothing else. He's just pressing them lips together, making a sound. Okay. There it is. Huge shout out to Brian Owens and the uh, and the oh the, absolutely the whole team absolutely. for uh, the amazing thing last night. You guys so, did a great job. It was it was a lot did, of fun. They did. They did. They put it together. And the two hill at Umsel is there's there's so much going on there. It's I it's it's crazy. They, the the Umsel area in general uh, has changed drastically over the last ten years. And uh, just to even know some of the alums that have kind of come over to the University of Missouri St. Louis over the last handful of years um, is, is very impressive. What they've done to that area. It's amazing, and again, these type of events are why it's important to truly give back to the community because you can begin to see it. And as Brian pointed out last night, like this is how you this is how you change the narrative. Um, and it's very easy. We talked about this when we had Brian on the show. It's easy for everybody to have an opinion of what they think about the St. Louis metro area and, of course, Ferguson. But not a lot of people are willing to put their energy and their time and even their money into finding solutions to improve the greater St. Louis area. And last night, a lot of people did indeed put their money where their mouth was. And, mm-hmm. and they, can, they donated and they bought gift bags and they bought T-shirts. And so that's the kind of energy that you're going to need to change the narrative that Brian was talking about. And that's why I truly enjoyed the evening. Not only was it great music, but it, was, it, it felt communal. It felt like a real community event. People were excited to see each other. Even after the event, people were mingling in the lobby, talking to each other. It felt like real fellowship. So it's a testament to Brian and the hard work that he has put in into this organization and into that night. And uh, it was a very fun St. Louisy night. It felt, and, and then Brian, and he said it during the performance, and he loved it. He said he looked out to the audience, had the house lights on, and pointed to everybody and said, this is St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And he was right. And there were people, white, black, Hispanic, Asian, young, old, church folks, non-church folks, people were there. And so it was, it was, it was really cool to see. That is St. Louis. That was St. Louis last night. And I, I hope going forward that the community continues to not only invest in itself, but can encourage everyone else who maybe are outside those communities to also uh, start to give back. So again, salute to everyone who made that evening possible. It was a truly a lot of fun. There it is. Yeah. Look at you. Travis Terrell enjoying a great show last night. It's been it audience. was a St. Louisy weekend, my friend, because What else happened? Brian Owens wasn't the only winner in the Lou. So are your St. Louis Cardinals. The Gateway to the West is now Gateway to the best team in the National League Central, the St. Louis Cardinals. Bring it home the division title for the first time in 2015, Chris. The City of Champions continues to grow after the Blues, of course, winning the Stanley Cup this summer. The St. Louis Cardinals bring it home their division title. Look at that. 
City of Champions indeed, the Redbirds uh, finishing two games ahead of the Milwaukee Brewers who ended up getting swept by the Rockies. In fact, uh, the St. Louis metro area, when people travel over the next handful of months, they need to make sure they put Colorado, specifically Denver, on the itinerary mm. and purchase as much of what is to offer in the Colorado area as possible because we owe them huge. Weren't you saying you weren't sure the Brewers were going to lose again? I was on the record. Mm. I said they weren't, and trust me, it looked like... Noted Cardinal fan, <laughs> Travis Terrell. <laughs> being realist, did you expect uh, Hater to end up throwing um, at the two outs in the... Bottom of the ninth, the Brewers were up, was it 2-1 or 3-2? Something like that. 3-2. Uh, it was a 1-2 pitch, and I forget the batter, but he took it opposite field to tie the game in the ninth, and Trevor Story hits the walk-off and extras to, again, uh, to, to beat the Brewers, to allow the Cardinals to make it to Sunday where all they had to do was win, mm. which they did from a stellar performance from Jack Flaherty. The Cardinals uh, blew out the very listless Chicago Cubs. Uh, nine to zero to capture the National League uh, Central Division title. Hmm. Cubs, of course, on the free fall of their own. Joe Madden's out as the manager, so they'll be making some wholesale changes. It sounds like, uh, but it's really cool to be on the opposite end of this one after years past, where the Cubs have been the pain in the side of the St. Louis Cardinals, and after you were sure they were going to lose the division, and it was pretty damn close. It took some crazy circumstances for I, the. After I told you, it'll be all for. You over. said again. I I look. I'm I'm going to do something that people who offer opinions don't often do. I take responsibility for me making a, why, a prediction. How, why is it that even when you're appearing to try and put on the facade of being humble in a moment, that I still just like. I just like I sit here and I just wonder. I'm like, what happened, made you this way? Because it happens so often. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's normalized. I don't think that's right. fair. Chris, you've now been ingrained in the way of Travis Terrell, <laughs> and you uh, you're a human with normal senses, so you pick up on it. <laughs> apologize to this man. I apologize. Oh, look at look at my, Does he know his shirt's wet? Yeah. Oh boy, man, yeah. he is not going to be happy. Ben Boyd over at Kim Wax snapped this shot, I think. What a great photo of John Mozeliak, president of baseball operations for the St. Louis Cardinals. I have given him tons of heat mm -hmm. over the last couple of years in regards to the way he's operated in regards to the St. Louis Cardinals personnel. Uh, he stood pat during the trade deadline. That's a good look. And look, I got a good Tom out. Jones for you. He does, and know. he was... Uh, there was a moment that was captured, I think our, our good friend Charlie Marlowe interviewing Mosaic yesterday in the locker room, and that was a really cool moment where uh, Dexter came over and poured some beer on him, and then Yachty came over. And um, by the way, Yachty always operates like there isn't a camera around. That's why I love him the most because he just goes, I don't give a damn. I'm going to talk and say what I want. Did you see where Dexter and Mo were like, We wish Mike was here? I don't think that. Oh, that didn't happen? That didn't happen, unfortunately. Did you think they like, Told him Matheny was a dick. But you could tell, but there was a really cool moment even between uh, Mo and and Yachty, and it, it was just you couldn't even tell there was an understanding. Like, hey man, we've been through a lot. Do you think Colton Wong went up to Mo and was like, "Thank you for not trading me to Kansas City," like Travis Terrell wanted to get 
a lefty reliever that would probably no. Be the I actually was. I was. Nope. I have been from day one, even after everyone completely lost their marbles when he got picked off in the 2013 World Series against the Boston Red Sox. I have always been a Colton Wong guy. I always thought the Cardinals should mm. be patient with him. I was. I was never ever mm. a part of the chorus of getting mm. rid of Colton Wong. And I think the Cardinals' patience. I think Mo is going to get a ton of credit for this, and, and whether it's it's fair or not. Uh, we can always debate, hmm. but he stood past. That's true. He hmm. was patient with Dexter Fowler. He was patient with Colton Wong, um, and he was patient to a fault with Matt Carpenter, and I still am curious how he's going to play out here in the playoffs. But I, I think the fact that he trusted his manager, he trusted the guys, and he made some points throughout the year that he can fall back on and say, these guys just need to be performing better. And boy, did they ever. Specifically, of course, guys like Dakota Hudson and, of course, last night's winner, and potential Cy Young winner, Jack Flaherty. Uh, he's just been historically lights out. I think I heard this morning from Jimmy the Cat Hayes that mm. since uh, the All-Star break, he's had a sub-1 ERA. I think it's one. I think it's .89 ERA mm-hmm. from, uh, his la- from his starts uh, since uh, from Jack yeah. Flaherty since the All-Star break. Uh, so when you have that type of historic performance and the young guys in the rotation step up and a bullpen that was very solid up until the last week so. Uh, perform as well as they had. It worked out for the Cardinals. Uh, they had some fortuitous moments that, you know, Javi Baez going down, Rizzo going down, Chris Bryant struggling for the Cubs, uh, the Brewers themselves struggling as well. But the Cardinals did what they were supposed to do. They beat up on the teams they were supposed to win, and it paid off in the end. And the Redbirds are now sitting pretty, celebrating. Is that uh, Chris's hero, Tyler O'Neill? I don't know why he's my hero, but because he is he... for sure John Smoltz's hero. Jesus Dude, Christ. Were you listening look, to that? Look, look at his stomach. That's not. He's got 22 abs. Did you? Did, were you guys watching the uh, game? Was it well, Saturday? Saturday? They they really when he came in to pinch hit, Smoltz. I know Smoltz like tries to be goofy or whatever. But he was like. He's really ripped. Like he they is, did. But look like, at him. They did like ten minutes on his physique. But seriously, like, look at this kid. Muscles like, before. Like, have you seen? But have you seen abs like that? He literally has like fourteen abs. Yeah, there are abs on abs there. Mm-hmm. That's insane. But good for that baseball club. That that is, man. They've they've gotten some necessary heat from the fan base over the last few seasons, and especially a guy. And I'm I'm happy even for a guy like Dexter Fowler. Like that home run yesterday was huge uh, for the Cardinals. And I thought was huge for him. I believe he broke a 0 for 14, 0 for 15 streak at that moment. But I'm happy for those guys because, again, Col- uh, Dexter kept saying all last year, when I'm healthy and you give me consistency, I will produce. And he went out and hit a career-high 19 home runs this season. So mm-hmm. I, I am, I'm happy that the Cardinals trusted him. I'm happy for guys like Colton Wong, even though he's missed the last week. And it sounds like he'll be good to go come Thursday against Atlanta. I'm happy for those guys, and I'm happy for a guy like Mike Schultz as well, a guy who has sat in the shadows for a very long time, paying his dues, and for him to have this moment is really cool as well. And I'm happy for the city because the good times will be had. Uh, today they're opening up the Ferris wheel and the Yeah, they've the got a whole media thing going downtown. on over there right so now. St. The Louis timing was not is, perfect uh, the, for the, us. Yeah, yeah the, so it's a whole buzz now downtown. The blues are getting started here soon. Is the Ferris wheel galvanizing? It is going to galvanize the metro area. So no, good for the entertainment in the area. Too. A lot of people getting for the drinks and food on the way. I think out. the ice cream shop is opening up as well. This what's this more week. important, the Blue Stanley Cup run or the opening of the Ferris wheel? I mean, man, every local media outlet was down there this morning. It's like when IKEA opened. 
I, 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 yes, it was very much. There were overhead aerial drone shots. Well, yeah. 10 a.m. Uh, Central Time here in St. Louis is when you'll have an opportunity. I don't care for the ticket prices. It's $10 for children, 15 for adults. Let's relax, everybody. It's a Ferris that. wheel. See what we can do. We, we are over get there. You on that. Yeah. We, uh, our, our friend Preacher Lawson, who was on Friday, which go back and listen to that if you haven't. Great conversation. Such uh, a good guy. We went o- he did this uh, video thing that uh, we helped with, and we went over to a rock climbing place near there. It looks really cool because we were right by it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think it'll be even. I was going to say it's going to be about like the arch, like for people that live here. You'll hit it up once and you'll never. I mean, it's a cool tourist thing. It looks good in the skyline. I mean, I don't. And it's don't open. Know. And I it's never, open every day. I, I like that it's there. I think it's cool. It's open all year. What'd you say? I've never been in the arch. Not once. Mm-mm. I think I've been up once. <laughs> yeah, I went once as a kid. I haven't been back since. Yeah, that's, we had we had time to kill during hoop it up. <laughs> there you go. There it is. That's about right. All right. So yeah, that's so yes. Yeah, so shout out to the <laughs> Lou this weekend. St. Louis is. It's on its way. You got some playoff baseball coming here soon. You got the Stanley Cup champions starting their season. You got some great things happening at Union Station. I think the aquarium will be opening also here in the next month and a half. And it's a good time to be in the city. Mini golf opens today, too. Mini golf is actually opening today as well in the area. That is very big. So That's bigger than the Ferris wheel to me. So St. Louis is going to be a buzz over the next few weeks, certainly in the downtown area, because the Cardinals are at least assured one playoff game. Uh, back at Bush, and that would take place Sunday, next Sunday. That will take place here at Bush, about five minutes here from our lovely Midcoast Media Studio. Mm-hmm. Very excited about that. I, I, now, we don't, again, don't have to go waist deep into sports this morning, but I'm curious if we have been making predictions about, because I thought the Cardinals were going to slip up and lose the division and would have to play a wild card game, but now that we know they're going to play in the National League Division Series against the Atlanta Braves, what chances are you giving the Redbirds? They'll win the World Series. It doesn't matter what I think. So mm. predictions are. They, they are playing with house money. When the Cardinals play with house money, they p- tend to perform better yeah. in the playoffs. I think the Braves are the favorite. I think the Cardinals have had a... Pitching actually sets up pretty good for the series. It does. Cardinals. You're looking at a situation where you could maybe go Hudson or Michaelis in uh, game one. Probably, probably Michaelis. Hudson, probably Michaelis. Um, you probably have to see the matchups. A lot of the rotation outside of Flaherty doesn't pitch well, very well. Well, you probably go Hudson and uh, Wainwright at home. So... Yeah. They'd probably go Michaelis, Flaherty, Hudson, Wainwright, and then if game five is needed, you go back to Jack Flaherty. Correct. So okay. I, I think uh, while the Braves are also dealing with their uh, injuries, I saw Freeman and Acuna uh, have been rested over the last few games, but I think if we're looking at it from an objective point of view, I got Braves 3-1. Okay. I'll go Cardinals 3-1. Oh. Yeah. Edging, Chris. <laughs> Embrace yeah. debate. This is how you do sports talk radio. Now I take the opposite viewpoint. Yep. And now we argue about it. Mm. It doesn't matter what I believe. I'll take Cardinals. Okay. There yeah. it is. There you go. Somehow. They'll do it. And somehow we'll connect you with St. Louis Counseling Services. Waiting for which one? Mm. St. Louis Counseling.org online is how you find out about their services in the St. Louis area. They've been improving lives since 1955. That's right. St. Louis Counseling. They also have a podcast with Tom Duff, Mental Health Matters. You can find it online. That's right. Download it on iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts, or check out the website. Uh, like I said, stlouiscounseling.org. The podcast lives on there as well. And if you're an individual or someone in charge of a business who can put your people with counselors, 
Hmm, hit them up. St. Louis Counseling. Right here, St. Louis. Uh, we had a poll that we need to get results from, right? We had a melee. We did have a in melee. In the morning, yeah. Um, we had a melee we put out last week. Which one of these punctuation marks is a hyphen? 8% voted for the apostrophe. 92% voted for the hyphen. So 92% got it correct. <coughs> Congratulations. Mm. So Were the eight percent just trying to to mix it up and be Mavericks? I don't know. They maybe they're just team apostrophe. They don't like hyphens. Not a fan of hyphens. Hmm. Maybe they prefer using two words instead of <laughs> combining them. <laughs> they like separating them. Maybe it's just how they like it to look. That how many voters were there, you recall? Uh I do not recall actually. I just looked strictly at the results. That, of course, came from a... Uh, we had that poll after this tweet from the president last week. Uh, describing tweet uh, where he mistook a apostrophe for a hyphen. Mm-hmm. So we turned that into a poll question, and 92% got it correct. There you go. So I want to congratulate them. The other 8%, I assume you just have a disdain for the hyphen. <laughs> Typical liberal. Speaking of which, oh boy, mm-hmm. we all know on this particular program that Chris Demon is one of the biggest bleeding liberals that you'll probably hear on most podcasts. Bleeding liberals or bleeding heart? Well, he just bleeds. Okay. Uh, fact of the matter is, Chris is very much for cancel culture. He wants <laughs> to cancel people right oh, and left. Any yeah, chance yeah. he gets, he's like, oh, you blink at a black person? Canceled. Mm-hmm. Sneeze, at a, sneeze at a woman? Canceled. That's like Chris I, I've advocated for it to be called Denmond. Denmond. <laughs> so much I support it. Uh, we talk about it, especially when it comes to comedians and about comedians, what they can and cannot say, the liberties they can play with in regards to race and sex and religion when it comes to performing. And everyone has an opinion. And we've heard from notable comedians on the issue. And we actually got an opinion from someone who really doesn't give his opinion on comedy a lot. And I love the fact that he's starting to open up about the craft and the industry. And he did so recently. And that, of course, is Eddie Murphy, uh, who talked about his comedy, of course, uh, from the 80s, early 90s, much of his stand up and and how it it necessarily hasn't aged well. And Eddie kind of acknowledged that And in a recent interview. He said he expresses remorse for Ignorant jokes in Raw and Delirious. Now, Raw and Delirious are considered uh, two of the greatest live comedy shows in the history of the genre. Uh, So it's very, very interesting that he would essentially jump in his time machine and go back to those moments to offer a self-critique. In an interview with the New York Times, Eddie Murphy discussed the past few decades in preparations for his impending return to the spotlight. Over the next year, Murphy, of course, will be appearing as Rudy Ray Moore and Dolomite Is My Name. And he will host Saturday Night Live for the first time in 35 years and star in the sequel to Coming to America. Murphy uh, apparently will record a Netflix special uh, sometime next year. Uh, But he talked about um, going through personal issues and how that came out in his performances when he was doing Mm -hmm. delirious and raw he said i was young guy processing a broken heart you know i was kind of an a-hole um he talked about his homophobic material and his specials and he acknowledged that it just like was ignorant 
He said, at the time, you know, I was going through a lot and the way I expressed myself perhaps wasn't appropriate. Appropriate, excuse me. I now have a whole lifetime of experience to draw upon. There was a time when I was at the center of everything, what I was doing and how funny I was and how popular. I'm not at the center. Now my kids are everything that revolves around me. So he's very self-reflective as to where he is now as opposed to where he was then. And I think this sort of, for me, goes back to what I have been saying about even the Kevin Hart's or the comedians of the past. Mm -hmm. There was a time where a lot of that rhetoric was fine. Uh, and he even talked about in his New York Times interview about how he talked about AIDS and how he was very reckless in his comedy about how people got AIDS and how AIDS was transmitted. And he again acknowledged that at that time we didn't know anything about AIDS. So it was, it was one thing to be reckless, but there was you, a hysteria that was created. Right. And, and he talked about how he, he essentially contributed to that hysteria. And I think it's okay for comedians of the past to say, you know what, there was a time where we did that. And now looking back on it, now having a better understanding, yeah, that was, would, uh, was too far. And, that, and again, it isn't to I say... I wouldn't put just comedians in that group. True. Very, no, 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 not at all. And I'm just saying it for the sake of this conversation. You're right. I would hope that me being 40 now, when I look back at 25-year-olds... Yes. Uh, but, uh, okay. And I think to that point, that's where I am curious as to why some comedians are so willing to continue to hang their hat on the quote unquote craft when it's OK to acknowledge that some material that you used, you use for whatever reason. But now that you understand that that type of rhetoric can be a little bit too far or go beyond the reach of comedy. I don't understand why you wouldn't then go back and say, you know what, I could have maybe said that differently, or maybe I don't say that joke in that way now. And I think Eddie, for a lot of comedians with this interview, provides a template going forward that it's okay, guys. Even your best stuff that may have been very ignorant, you can acknowledge, was indeed ignorant. It's okay. And then I hope now with Eddie Murphy being how, how revered he is in the industry, I hope this opens the eyes to everyone else. Because if Eddie can do it, I think the rest of us other comedians underneath him can acknowledge that. Let's recognize the context in which we're saying some of these jokes. What are your thoughts? everybody. He didn't go on Rogan to give this interview, so I know that may yeah, change. I don't respect your... it. Uh, no, <clears throat> it's a, if, if you have people are allowed to look back on the way things were or take different perspectives and all of that and if uh if if you are going into hosting saturday night live there's also some damage control that you might want to do so i don't care if he actually feels like that or not it's probably pretty smart i agree definitely very smart and i think again i, I hope other communities and this is kind of the route i was thinking a guy like kevin hart was going to take and and i'm very surprised that i don't know and to your point yes uh eddie's rolling out a lot of projects here in the next 12 months uh, like I said, we got two big movies, one with from what earlier views are in regards to Dolomite, uh, some say could be uh, something to consider for award season. So, again, maybe he's laying the groundwork for that. But, again, he also mentioned in the interview that he, he doesn't really care about all that too much. He kind of wants to get back on the road to do some shows, probably do another special. But he's spoken with this even with Seinfeld. He was like, man, I, 
I'm with the grandkids most of the time. I'm mm-hmm. just hanging out with the kids most of the time. That's why I have so many. It's like I just enjoy the company of my family. So mm-hmm. I think he's the kind of guy that doesn't need this. He doesn't need to do a sequel to Coming to America. He doesn't need more money. He doesn't need more notoriety and fame. And I, in fact, I would say his legend has grown the the least we see of him. Like, That'll happen with a lot of people. Yes. So, again, here's a guy. Leave him, leave him wanting more. Leave him wanting more, that. yeah. And that's one thing that you have to specialize as a comedian. Eddie has done just that. So I'm excited. I'm, I'm happy to see that he's out. He's a person for me that the reason why I start loving movies and loving comedy is because of a guy like Eddie Murphy because he was just such a, uh, an incredibly entertaining individual. So to, to have him back in the game, I'm very excited for it. I'm also very excited that he was very open about his past because if you've seen Ron Delirious now in 2019, it, it is, and I think he even used the word cringy. I think he said it is kind of cringe. Um, and again, that's that's a guy that's been, <laughs> some would say, the best to ever do it. Some would say Eddie Murphy may be the one of the best overall comedians of all time. So if one of the best can say, yeah, yeah, looking back on it, yeah, probably not the, I wasn't in the right mind. That, that, was, that was very eye-opening to me. Are you looking at me like that? I just, I was hoping we can somehow book Eddie if we can make that happen. His name's not Keith Morrison. Uh, Garner ain't on it right yeah. now. Speaking of the devil, we all talked about our weekends. Gardner, what did you do with yours? A couple things. Okay. Um, yesterday, actually, I watched a little bit of an NFL game. Shut up. How many? How many quarters? What's wrong with you? Like a quarter. Of NFL professional football. Yeah, I was what kinda, happened? I was, Were you lost? No, I was kind of forced to. Ah! You must have been at a friend's house. No, I went down to Missouri Bar and Grill to see Sean. Hey, yeah. Are you guys dating? I went to have lunch down there. Oh, okay. Well, he is kaput down there. Too. Yeah. Wouldn't work. Yeah. Um, Good God. But, uh, He's a kaput. <laughs> You're such an ass. Apologize to Sean. That's what he no, says. That's what Direct he said. quote. Oh, yeah. Good God. I got to that bathroom. <laughs> I, uh, I went down there to have the stroganoff burger. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. But it's also uh, the official Buffalo Bills bar of <laughs> St. Louis. <laughs> I didn't realize that. Yeah. Shut up. I didn't know there was a Buffalo Bills bar in St. Louis. Yeah, that's where they have their watch party. Oh, how many, is, how many are there? And I used to be a Bills fan. Oh, wow. Uh, that's the team I rooted is for. Is it more than 10 people? Yeah. Wow. Okay. I have to go check so this out. Bills Mafia was down there. That's scary. They actually, the bar actually recently got like a certificate from the Bills for Shut Bill, up. Bills really? Mafia. That's really dope. Because Sean went to Walgreens to buy a frame to have it framed to That's hang awesome. in the bar. That's really cool. So I went down there for lunch and the Bills are playing the Patriots. And I'm just going to eat my food, have right. a couple cigarettes, do whatever. And uh, Sean brings up to someone like a couple that's a probably a few years younger than me right? Uh, that are Bills fans sent next to me. He's like, yeah, he used to be a Bills fan. And the girl's like, what do you mean used to be? And I'm like, oh, I got to have the conversation. Here we go. So I, go, I just, uh, he's like, hey, don't watch the NFL no more. And so I had to explain a little bit. Were they at least sympathetic to you? Yeah, not they, they kind of understood. They're like, okay. well, you can, you know, you're here today. And I, I go, here's what I'm not rooting for. I'm not rooting for the Patriots. So whatever happens here while I'm right. here is fine. Okay. But I'm not. I'm not investing myself again in anything. Like Did anything in that? I was quarter. like, I don't even want the NFL to have another team here in St. Louis ever again, ever again, Which forever. Is Which is fair. I, I would not. Do, I, I'm so, on the same page with you on that. Was there anything they in that apparently quarter? Gave fo- Sean like a Buffalo Bill shirt. 
Really? And it's got a little Bill's emblem on it and some other things on it. But he was telling me about it. He's like, yeah. I've worn it a couple of times. I haven't washed it yet. I oh boy. probably smell it. I probably should oh wash boy. it or something like that. But his, Sean's uncle actually used to own a, a bar in Buffalo called like Brennan's Bowery Bar. Right. Which is one of, it was, I guess it was pretty well known up in Buffalo for a long time. So he's got some ties there. So the Bills Mafia was out and I had lunch and uh, watched about a quarter of football and then uh, left. But I also on Friday night, um, cut out of the bar scene early, made sure I got home to watch a two-hour special on Dateline. You watched Dateline? I, was there a particular story that they were showcasing? Oh, 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 oh. the thing about Pam. Would you say this is the best thing that's happened to you in the last decade? <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> in the last 10 oh. years? Good God. Not for the other people involved. Uh. <laughs> she might have killed three people. Mm. So how much of a, how much more of a deep dive did they go into the Pamela Hupson? They, and if you don't mind, can you, kinda, of, can you give a brief recap? It's, it's hard to do, a, do recap a brief recap. Okay. Let's right, just then. say this. She might have killed three people, okay. including her mother. Oh, Jesus. Um, her best friend, possibly. And then tried to set up her best friend's husband for the crime. He got convicted. That was overturned. He was never tried again. <clears throat> or I guess they went through the evidence to see if they were going to try him again. So she um, set up the husband and, then, and he got convicted and then that was ultimately overturned? Yeah. What a twist. And then uh, she killed another gentleman trying to set that husband up again to make it look like, like he, he had put killed. a hit out. On the Pam Hup, oh, on her. Wow. So there's all that going on. Jesus. Plus, she faked being a Dateline producer while she was trying to set up that oh, third no. um to a number of people. What as a they delightful te- story. Testify. It is, whew, it is something. And they put a nice bow on it. Um, here's her most recent mugshot. She's lost weight. She has. She looks a little different than she had before. Pam Hup. Yeah, like I don't, it's hard to recognize her without the neck brace. <laughs> she did. It's hard to recognize was, you when you don't resemble uh, Charlize was, Theron in Monster. Yes, that was it. Was gauze after she tried to, after she stabbed herself in the neck with a pen, after this last thing went down. Oh boy. So yeah, there was that, and of course, there he is, the legend. Keith Morrison was Keith involved. Keith Morrison. Of course, this is the twenty-eighth season, the premiere, the twenty-eighth season of Dateline. So Keith was on his game. I will say that. There were a couple of things that did make me laugh in this episode. One was, um, it was from an interview with Pam Hupp from The Investigators. And she was coming up with this BS story about how she was being intimate. Oh, no. Betsy Faria, who was the lady who was killed. Oh, no. But... She was trying to explain how weird it was that they were intimate because they're really into men. And here's, here's the explanation. Okay. First interview on her relationship with Betsy. You describe yourself to your friendship as best friends or? Um, Betsy had a lot of best friends. <laughs> New interview. Same question. I knew the most intimate of intimate of family stuff from her. Intimate? Yes. In this brand new story, Pam cast herself not just as Betsy's friend, but as Betsy's lover. 
that replaced what a husband would be. It's honestly a relationship with two women who really aren't attracted to women. I don't know how to explain that. It's not, I'm attracted to men. Love everything about them. Can't wait till Magic Mike XL comes out. Excuse me? <laughs> wait. Story. I was not ready for that last line. I know, you should have been. And I... <laughs> <laughs> to prove you're attracted to me. Oh, that is... <laughs> you say you can't wait for Magic Mike XL to come out. <laughs> that is... What is this story and why does it exist in our world? <sighs> what, what, what's happening? She was explaining being gay... And then but she's she, not really gay. But she's not really gay because she cannot wait until Magic Mike XL comes out. Yeah. Hey man. Whew. It was the producers over at Dateline have to go. This people next, are not going to buy this story. The next time you're with a gentleman, please be sure <laughs> to uh, explain that you love the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. <laughs> When it comes like out. me and Chris were very intimate. I would replace what a wife would Chris normally Gardner. do. We Chris were very Gardner, close. Yes. We would hang out. We would even share a couch from time to time. But I was into women because I have the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition coming to my, my mailbox, and I'm looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. uh, coincidentally, Gardner God. also took things to your mailbox. Oh, boy. Mm -hmm. Good God. God. That's outstanding. I didn't know that uh, was going to be a line. Uh, I don't even know. Oh. That's how I'm going to start doing things from here on. I mean, I really like her. I think I think she's a lovely girl. Mm. But, but I'm going to be honest. I you know I can't wait till Magic Mike XL comes yeah. out. Yeah. Well, what is just that? Think, dropping that in conversation. <laughs> <now>. Drop that. <laughs> so that one, uh, I kind of chuckled at that. That is uh, what they did do is they started getting in. I mean, they did mention some of the things that have happened recently off the hook now in terms of a lawsuit are the judge uh, from out in Troy, Missouri, and our, the prosecutor who was an absolute disaster. Really? Um, through secondhand information, I know someone who was deciding some things uh, in this case after the fact in, the, in terms of overturning it. And apparently they thought um, they had no idea what the police or the prosecutor were thinking or even the judge. Uh, so it, um, this thing was a, a mess to begin with and the path it took immediately was wrong just flat out wrong um but i mentioned the mother in between this like she apparently had a accidental death at one point mm -hmm. but i now believe it's classified as undetermined he's scared uh she was I never want to go out like she was that, living right? at a uh senior citizen's home uh. and apparently had a fall from her third story balcony and uh. As it died. all the time. Yeah. Pam was the last one to see her alive. Mm -hmm. And they kind of did some forensics, some demonstrating on Dateline to show um, that, you know, it was going to take much more of a force than her falling to break the bars where she apparently went through. And also she had like uh, a lot more ambient in her than she should have at the time of her passing. Mm -hmm. And once again, Pam, the last one to see her alive. But when you've se you've seen Bill Hader do his his Keith Morrison impersonation, we have. Mm -hmm. He does a good thing, or uh, kind of a funny thing, where 
he, he sets up like a punchline in a way. Not a punchline, but you know, sets up a, a mm-hmm. line at, at, at the end of an interview. He did that, kind of how Bill Hader impersonates him this go around. And I had to laugh at that too. So Bill Hader will be like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then the guy came at me and he shot me. And then Bill Hader goes into his Keith Morris and be like, shot you a little. So something like that. <laughs> it's just kind of like, what? Okay. Keith did that. And this is, I think they were going back to some old footage, but brought some back when Keith is interviewing Robert Patrick of the Post-Dispatch who covers crime and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And this was about the mother's death. So listen at the end for just the line Keith uses. It's kind of hater-esque like that. Like, and then he shot me. Shot you a look? So listen at the end for this one, but some setup as well. Sam's mother, Shirley, 77, lived in a retirement complex one county over until Halloween 2013, almost two years after Betsy was murdered. Shirley was killed in a fall from her third floor balcony. Pam had been the very last person known to have seen Shirley alive the day before. That's when she told the staff that her mother would not be coming down for dinner or for breakfast in the morning. They found her body the next afternoon. A couple of the bent and broken spindles from her balcony railing were lying nearby. It was sometime later when Robert Patrick of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch heard about it. One of the staff members came into her apartment and noticed the water was running, and I think she noticed that the, the patio door was ajar. There were some things that were kind of knocked around, and then some, some of the railings had been dislodged. So then she went and looked over. And then she looked over and saw the body. Must have been quite a shock for that housekeeper. Yes. <laughs> he just throws it in there. Like you don't even see it coming. He's like, here's the description, and then must have been quite a shock for that housekeeper. And then what, what, what else? Are, you, are like, you trying to get a laugh out yeah, of him, Keith? Yeah. So then what's the guy going to say? He's like, yes. He's like, I think so. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yes, it, anyone would be startled. He just, but he just... You don't see it coming. It just he just slides it in there. You got Good. the setup. You're telling the story. You're giving some details. Must have been quite the shock for that housekeeper. <laughs> Bam! And he hits you with it. So I laughed. At, I laughed at those two moments while watching them. Put a bow on this Pam Hup story. So we get updates. And now it's going to be a part of the true crime podcast as well. They already have it. Unbelievable. They have a thing about Pam podcast already out. <laughs> So for those who listen to us and have heard us talk about Keith Morrison and this particular story out of the St. Louis area, uh, highly, highly suggest that you follow this. It's, yeah, to Gardner's point, it's very difficult to recap because it is a long, winding story that has popped up in the St. Louis news. It feels like mm-hmm. every other year for about I chatted, eight years. <laughs> I chatted with a couple of Dream Team members about it recently. One gave me some info on one thing, and then another, I had said, had met Keith because... She was a co-worker with Russ Foria's lawyer, uh, Joel Schwartz, um, who was highlighted heavily in interviews throughout this episode as well, discussing what was going on. Any cool any other cool shots of St. Louis in the in the video? No, they kind of they were kind of going for that suburbs look with okay. it. Okay. Okay. They were trying to let you know, hey, this is on the outskirts. Did at any point you go, oh, I know that highway. Uh, well, yeah, because, I mean, she committed the third, I'm going to say third murder, alleged third murder, I guess we could be safe, uh, in O'Fallon. Woo! 
O'Fallon! That was like when we were younger. <laughs> we're on the news! <laughs> or when there were like 8,000 people when my family first moved there and like, oh, mom, we're on the news. We got a tornado. Tornado. They're saying there's a tornado coming our way. Mm-hmm. I was like asking Alexis Zotos, I'm like, why do you set up in the Walmart parking lot of Farmington, Missouri anytime you're down there? It's just a bunch of, she's like, guaranteed to talk to people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can't argue with that. Uh, at one point, O'Fallon was kind of one of those tornado towns, as I call them, where you only get mentioned when there's a tornado coming and they need to warn you about it on the news. Mm. Like Prairie, what is it, Prairie de Roche or whatever in Illinois? You only hear about it whenever it's, uh, there's a tornado coming. Yeah. Hmm. Well, there'll be a tornado of fun at Oktoberfest at Soulard oh. Market this year. That's right. Travis Terrell and myself, I'm Chris Denman. We'll be hosting the festivities in the Beer Hall tent. You can get tickets for the VIP area. It's free and open to the public, but uh, you can go online. They have tickets on Eventbrite. I just shared a link in the comments of our feed. Uh, check it out. Travis? Hey. Oh, hello. Cheers. Uh, guten Tag, sir. Uh, oh, Oktoberfest 2019 will feature up, Open hi? Air Plaza, Wine Garden, seven bands, including who? Grammy Award. You know, I hang out with Grammy only Grammy Award winning musicians. Uh, Award winning Brave Combo, Axe Throwing Activities, Stein Holding Competitions, and the return of Oktoberfest. St. Louis Low Brass Collective as well. Uh, remember when I made the sousaphone joke and they were so literal? Like these these brass folks were like, that's not a sousaphone. I, I, I was I, like, I, yeah, I, I didn't I, think it was a sousaphone. I was being silly. And they got you were corrected, but I warned you. I warned you. Hey, these people ain't got a I said, they are not going to get your sousaphone joke. <laughs> I warned you. Like, no, man, it's going to be good. They're going to like uh, it. Mm-hmm. And you got ridiculed. And I was like, I tried to tell you, man, I tried to do a sousaphone joke one time when uh-huh. I was in uh, St. Joe, Missouri. I was doing comedy, yeah, and they did sure. not care for it. So I warned you. Uh, Oktoberfest, Stuart Market Park, Friday, October 11th. Starts at 4 p.m., goes till 11. Saturday, October 12th, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Again, come hang out with us. Have a great time. And uh, get your Oktoberfest on. We'll take a quick break. It's We Are Live, live at Midcoast Studio in Grand Center, St. Louis, Missouri. Chris Demon, Travis Rowe, and Chris Gardner will be right back after the menthol break.